A Focus Summary of Chapters 1 and 2 of Shane It is the summer of 1889, and a stray horseman rides into a Wyoming valley. Arriving at a fork in the road, one branch of which turns toward an open ranch, and the other toward some settled claims, he studies the choice and turns toward the homesteads. He comes to the Starrett's place, where their boy Bob is sitting on the corral railing, soaking in the afternoon sun, and watching his approach with curiosity. There is a dignity to this stranger's appearance. He is neatly groomed and well-dressed. Both the style of his clothes and the dust beaten into them suggest he has come a long distance. There is an aura of mystery that surrounds the man, with his endlessly searching eyes and shadowed face, that gives Bob a chill of danger. But there is also a strength of quality and competence about him that makes Bob begin imagining himself in clothes like his. The stranger asks whether he might have access to the water pump for him and his horse, and Bob realizes he is speaking to his father, Joe, who has come up behind him. Joe tells him to use all the water he wants. He freshens himself up, swings back up into the saddle, thanks them, and turns to go. As he does, Joe tells him not to be in such a hurry. The stranger swings around, his eyes bore into Joe, and Bob feels something cold and terrible in the air between them. The two men look at each other in silence, sizing each other up. By the time Joe adds that, rather than hurrying on, he can stay for supper, and bed down for the night. The stranger, too, has already made up his mind, and accepts. He introduces himself as Shane. Just Shane. Shane praises Bob for his watchfulness, saying that a man who watches like that will make his mark. Bob, giddy over having been called a man by his new hero, trips all over himself, helping Shane to unload and unsaddle his horse. When he reaches for the saddle roll, Shane snatches it from him, with a gesture that says he is not to touch it. They go in to supper, and Shane is greeted by the woman of the house, a slender, lively woman named Marion. Joe introduces Shane to her, and Bob is surprised to see his mother drop into a dainty curtsy. They sit down to a delicious supper, and before long they are talking like old friends— but though Shane speaks readily, he dodges all questions about himself. After dinner, the two men sit on the porch, and Bob eavesdrops. Joe explains why the open range is a thing of the past, because it is wasteful. Growing your own crops, fencing in your claim, and feeding your cattle right yields better results. But he sees a conflict brewing. Ranchers like Fletcher don't see it that way yet and the homesteaders cut into their land and shut the range off from the water. Bob dozes off, and when he wakes up, Shane is in the barn, and Marion and Joe are talking about him. Marion says she likes him, but something about him seems dangerous. Joe chuckles, saying he's dangerous all right, but not to them. The next morning at breakfast is the sort of warm and jolly scene typical of the Starrett household, but this time with Shane bantering playfully as if he were one of the family. 
When he praises Marion's flannel cakes, she knows he isn't from around there. He admits that his parents were from Mississippi and settled in Arkansas, but he left home at 15. A storm descends on the valley, and Joe tells Shane he better stay another night, since the heavy rains mess up the roads. Marion is surprised when Joe offers to take the day off and show Shane around, since she struggles even to make him rest on the Sabbath. She chimes in that if Shane stays, she has an excuse to try out a new recipe for apple pie, and she can question him about the latest fashion in women's hats. He teases her for pegging him as an expert in ladies' millinery. When Joe warns him not to give her any ideas or she'll be throwing his money away, she ignores him, knowing that in reality he would do anything for her. She starts in on questioning Shane about hats, and he happily obliges, while Joe tries to cut in with talk about crops and steers. The sun comes out, and Joe takes Shane out to show him around, speaking more enthusiastically than ever about his plans. Suddenly, Shane stops, his attention fixed on a huge stump, an eyesore on Joe's pristine property. Joe admits that it's the one thing about his place that he hasn't licked. They continue on their way when they see a horse-drawn wagon coming up the road. It is Ledyard, a peddler who comes through town selling things you can't get at the general store, and he has brought a cultivator he'd told Joe about. He offers to give it to him at a bargain price of $110, but Shane cuts in, calling that price no bargain. He had seen the same one in Cheyenne for $60. Ledyard tells Starrett not to listen to that tramp. He goes on, but his insults are cut short by Shane's posture and expression, which contain an inexpressible deadliness that fills Ledyard with fear. Joe watches them both. Then he swings back to Ledyard, declaring he will take Shane's word on any day of the year, and $80 is his final offer. Ledyard grudgingly accepts. As they unload the cultivator, they hear the sound of steel biting into wood. Shane has taken up an axe and is cutting into that stump with a steady rhythm. When he calls his effort a repayment for his debts— Bob thinks he means the debt for their hospitality the night before. But he is really thanking Joe for his trust. And as Joe explains this to Bob, his eyes get misty. Joe goes to the barn for another axe and joins in the work. And the two men swing their axes, saying nothing to each other, but saying plenty to the stump. <laughs> 